Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. March is hanging in like a lion. It's all right. It's all right. That's why it's called the cruelest of months. One day close to the springtime. And don't forget to put those clocks ahead an hour. Here inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of March 11th and 12th. When you're listening to this, hey, Okay, the perch bite's still going strong. Striper bite is hot and back bay, some of those tidal rivers. We're going to be talking Delaware River stripers in the next couple of segments with Captain Dom Troisi. But oh, oh, don't forget the crappies, the calicos, black crappies, more black crappies than white crappies here in South Jersey. But the crappy bite is hot. Yellow perch, too. Crappy bite is hot. You got some great crappy waters down here. You got Lenape, you got Union, myriad waters all over the place. People are concentrating on the perch, and rightfully so, and on the stripers. Don't forget that crappy bite. Bass bite's going uh, pretty good with the largemouth. Just a reminder, too, on Sunday, March 19th, the Line Stretchers Bass Club is hosting an open buddy bass tournament on Sunset Lake from 7 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. Go to sjbca.org for the full Open Buddy Bass Tournament of the South Jersey Bass Club Association. NJFishandWildlife.com. Click on the saltwater, the events thing, and register now for the Governor's Surf Tournament. It's going to be Sunday, May 21st. I think you register before, let's see, what is it? you register before April 22nd. You save some money on the entrance fee, and you can get in and start to fish instead of having to wait to register You know, on the day of the event. It's going to be a good time. Now, remember, trout season's coming up very quickly. It's going to be 8 a.m. Saturday, April 8th. The bonus brood stock program has been released. Check it out in the Rack and Fin Radio Listen area. GM Petro Park, Lake in Cumberland County, Heritage Park, Pond, Atlantic County, up the top end, Sylvan Lake in Burlington County, and Ponder Lodge Pond, the great Ponder Lodge Pond down there in the Villas in Cape May County are all on the list. GM Petro, you're talking fish, uh, we're going to be anywhere from 16, 17 inches up to 24, 25, 5, 6, 7 pounds. Big ass rainbows. Gian Pedro Park Lake is going to get 50. Okay, it's 11 acres. That's going to be part of the 440 preseason allocation. Heritage Park Pond is going to get 30. And that's also going to get 404. That's a little six acre place. That is, uh, that's a beautiful little place. And it got, got a cormorant, so you got to, you got to battle the cormorant. Pond Lodge Pond down there in the villa, seven acres is going to hit, it's going to get 490 fish and 30 of these breeders. And Sylvan Lake in Burlington, 12 acres is going to get 440 of the standard stock included in that will be 50 of these big breeders. Don't forget, oh, 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 next Saturday, March 18th, Red Raiders! The Red Raider uh, Fishing Sale and Flea Market. All proceeds go directly to the Ocean County School Fishing Club's New Year's Collectible Fresh and Saltwater Tackle. It's going to be from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Rain or shine at the Ocean City Civic Center. Fifth in the boardwalk in Ocean City. Plenty of free parking. Adults, $4 to get in. Youngsters, 6 to 13 $1. Yeah, and man, these, these are places where you get, you get some, you get some super deals. You know, you feel guilty sometimes. Now, listen to me, people. My ethics, morals, and scruples, I've been told, were surgically removed at birth. Sometimes people don't know what they have. And you still haggle with them a little bit. But these are some places for some great deals and some some hard-to-find stuff. And also, don't forget, a little ahead of time, April 15th, it's the South Jersey Bass Club Association annual indoor fisherman's flea market. It's going to be held at Millville Elks Lodge, rather, 1815 East Broad Street in Millville. Go to sjbca.org, whatever, find out more information about that. Okay, man, let's get going. Big-ass stripers, huge flatheads. And some giant snakeheads. Delaware River Fishery is about to detonate. Grab that cup. Grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. I'm Laura Ingle with your Fox True Crime Minute. 
The death of a former American swimming champion found unresponsive on the floor of her home in the U.S. Virgin Islands by a man described as her boyfriend last month is being investigated by the U.S. Virgin Island Police Department. Jamie Kale was reportedly dating Kamal Thomas, a Georgian native who locals describe as a longtime St. John bad boy and who, according to reports, served prison time for the 2007 beating death of a Pennsylvania man. Virgin Island police have declined to comment on the person's identity who found the swimming star or what condition she was in and would only say the person who discovered her took her to a clinic where she was dead on arrival. You can get more on this story at foxnews.com and subscribe now to the Fox True Crime podcast with Emily Campagno. I'm Laura Engel with your Fox True Crime Minute. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. We're going to March 11 and 12. Okay, full disclosure in the second segment here. I'm in the studio early, actually a Thursday morning because it is uh, our annual old man family camping trip. And I'll tell you, people, there ain't many of us left. And I'm at six, what am I, 66 or 67? I don't even remember. I stopped counting. Again, I was the one that taught Peter how to use a cast net there. Yeah, on the Sea of Galilee, yeah. And um, not much of us left, so we're going to try to, we're going to be heading up into Sussex County, where I understand, uh, as a report, that today is going to be anywhere four to possibly 12 inches of snow. Looking forward to it. We're going to get last go at the crow. We'll see crow season ends Half hour after sunset on the 25th. Also, hey, the light goose season conservation or hunt continues. That's still going strong. Fox and coyote season end Wednesday the 15th. Man, it's, 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 you know, okay, we got, we got woodchuck. Okay, I'm still, you know, I got, I just hate to put the gun and the bows away. And by the way, the, uh, turkey permits over the counter sale, the unclaimed and leftover pits. That's going to start 10 a.m. Monday, March 27th. Now, just think about it. It just seemed we were talking about this, and all of a sudden, whoa, honey, you know, squirrel and, and rabbit and open in September or end of September, or deer open early. Time to consider taking your hunter education course if you have not, if you want to get involved in some of New Jersey's incredible hunting opportunities that we have here. I'll tell you, wait till late summer. You're pretty hosed. I mean, it, it gets crowded. Joining us on the line right now is Joe Lesky. He's a principal biologist, and he, he's a head of the Hunter Ed and R3. He's the administrator of both programs. Talking about the Hunter Ed courses are now open online, and they are free. Do it now. Do it now so you're not waiting. You're not jammed up later when you have to qualify with the bow or the farm. Joe Lesky, thanks for joining us. How you doing, little brother? All right. Good morning, Tom. How are you today? Yes. I'm bumming, man. Look at the seasons around. Don't get me wrong, Leslie. I love my fishing. I love my fishing. I still got woodchucks coming up. Don't get me wrong there. But man, it's the seasons are closing, 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 closing. And before we know it, though, Leslie, it's going to be, hey, it's going to be September again. Archery deer is going to open certain DMZs. Rabbit and squirrel are going to open. I mean, it, it is time to get involved and get your hunter education now, don't you think? Absolutely. And you bring up a good point, but you're saying uh, putting stuff away, but you're just going to have to bring it back out because Hunter Education kicks off next weekend, and guess what's right around the corner? The old turkey birds. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> I got to be careful doing that in the house because because uh, we, we got stripers and we yep. got spring turkey coming up, so it's a it's a beautiful time of the year. Hey Joe, so wait, so people get registered now. It's early enough, and then they pass the course, they qualify, whatever. They can buy over the over the counter permits and and right and enjoy the turkey hunt and get right out there. That's right. So next week we kick it off north and south. We got um, classes up at Pequest and also down here in Millville. Mm-hmm. Um, those are of course already full because people are itching to get out there and yep. go after those turkey permits. So um, we do have classes throughout the springtime. So even after turkey starts, mm-hmm. uh, your point. Get in there and get it over. Don't wait till the, you know, just beginning of the season because you're going to have to deal with more lines and right. uh, a little bit more crowding. Although we do flow pretty smooth with the way that the registration runs through on the live fire lines. 
Joe, one time I, I happened to be uh, hunting up in an area, and it was in North Jersey, and it was uh, it was a live fire course. And Joe, I'll tell you, with the wind chill factor, it had to be in the teens. It was one of those early colors. And these kids and, and adults had snot sickles down to their chins wait, <laughs> waiting to shoot. But they were, I said, you, you know, you snooze, you lose in that regard. But they were able to get it done. Joe, what's really involved here? Now, when I took it 100,000 years ago, you had to go to, it was at a local high school. Had to go to the high school. You, I think you sat through two or three two-hour classes. And then you took the written test, and then you had to shoot. I took my archery. At, shout out to Lenny Carnell if he's still alive. I heard he moved up to uh, Fork and River, Barnegat somewhere, at Butts and Bows in Belleville. Again, same thing. You took the two nights of courses, and then you had to shoot. What's involved now with this whole online dealio? Yeah, so, I mean, you, you bring up an interesting point, and I happen to have some age on me as well. So I do remember having to do the classroom part and then the range and then we went to the home study where it was just the booklet and such. So now, um, heading into like the COVID years, we've we got kind yeah. of overlining there where uh, students now take the online portion at their leisure. It's huntercourse.com. It's uh, structured towards New Jersey's, you know, game species and regulations. Uh, once you complete that, it's about 100 question tests. You got to score, you know, 80 or above. Once you complete that and pass it, you print out your voucher, you register for one of the many field sessions, whether it's archery or firearm, um, and you schedule yourself. You go do the live fire, and you get your certificate. Um, if you decide to do it right there, you can go to a licensed agent and get your license, or you can wait till one of our great hunter education staff enters it into the computer, and you can do it from the leisure of your home once it's uh, completed. So... Um, there you go. Same kind of rules and regulations out on the range. You know, you have to show that proficiency for archery. Mm -hmm. uh, three to five arrows from about 15 or 20 yards. Uh, you know, we certainly want that responsibility in the hunter to, you know, put a, a good ethical shot on there. And then with the firearm, it's, um, you know, basically we can supply those firearms if the individual doesn't have that. But, you know, we, we emphasize to practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. Joining us on the Rack and Fin line this morning is Joe Lesky, uh, Fish and DEP's Fish and Wildlife Hunter Education and R3 Administrator. Listeners, the Hunter Ed classes are open. Get them now. Get them now. Get them now before it, then we know what happens. The late spring gets here. They're stocking trout. The bass bites on the flounder bites on whatever. And then it's summer and this. You're at the, and then before you know it, Mary, Mother of God, it's middle of August. I, I wanted to hunt this year, and and Joe, that that's what happens. But Joe, can you clear something up now for the firearm men? Shotgun, muzzleloader, you get you get the firearm. You you have to shoot both. No. Um, so what they did was we removed the rifle component, and muzzleloader is the rifle, right? So the twenty-two and the muzzleloader is now incorporated into the firearm section. So when you come out to the actual range session um the importance here is not proficiency with firearms we want to make sure that you're handling the firearms safely so um we know that a muzzle has mm -hmm. a little bit more components but um you get that all in one deal with the firearm section of the the course now joe for the archery is it are, are crossbows eligible correct yep you can do that way. you do need mm -hmm. to bring your own cocking device, or you need to be able to load it yourself. That is a, a parameter that okay. must be met. Mm -hmm. um, 75 pounds for the crossbow, 35 pounds for uh, compound. And again, like I said, the proficiency uh, of three to five in a, you know, a vital zone target. And Joe, here's the thing. Listeners don't think it's easy peasy. I mean, they're making it more convenient, not easier. You're not proficient with that archery. You don't pass. And Joe, I've seen people not pass. You know, yeah. and it's uh, it, that's vital. But you have to be proficient with that. And firearm safety is is tantamount. That is the most important thing: handling the firearm safely. Yeah. So, and Joe, another thing too, I see these classes are full and full and full and getting fuller. It seems that you know the re the recruitments there and uh, our hunter numbers. Steady, uh, ticking up, ticking down. What are you hearing? 
Well, it's still steady, but we would obviously like to see that increased. And what we are doing or seeing now is we're coming out of that COVID bump. So, you know, we ran like 6,000 uh, students where we generally get <laughs> yeah. four to 5,000. So mm-hmm. there was definitely an uptick in that COVID uh, bump and in license sales as well. So we are seeing that we're leveling it back down to um, more stable numbers that, you know, we had before COVID. The R3 efforts are to try and, you know, kind of stop the bleeding, so to speak, on the right. decrease in license sales. So um, we got a lot of great programs with mentored waterfowl hunts and yep. mentored squirrel hunts. We have an upcoming women's mentored hunt down in Cumberland. Um, yes. You know, the beginning of May. So, yep. you know, we're, we're trying to get out there and not just hunting. You know, we like to, uh, you know, introduce people to the shooting sports as well, whether it's, you know, you know, going to a range, either, you know, either firearms or archery. So mm-hmm. we're trying to get some uh, increased participation in there because, you know, competing with other weekend programs that that's tough, man. To do, yeah. it, it, it's a tough deal. Well, well Joe Lesky, R3, retain, recruit. Um, what's the other one? Reactivate? Yeah, reactivate. So that that's a pretty interesting program. When did when did that get on the uh, on the roster? So, you know, a lot of the states have noticed this trend that we've all been been seeing and so there were there's various components. I'm sure you remember the becoming an outdoors woman program. Oh yeah. Yeah, so you know, that was maybe a little bit uh, pioneerish back in the day that, you know, we're like, well, let's get to a, a certain component of our society that we haven't. And 50% of the population is women. So they were tailoring it towards that. So, you know, we have to try and find those um, those folks out there that we haven't dealt with. Um, you know, the, the, the interesting part with the hunter education, bring it back to, to that is, mm-hmm. Our average age, are you ready for this? Because now we all say we probably grew up with our dads taking us to hunter education as a right, 10, yeah. 11, 12-year-old. Right. Well, our average hunter education age is 31 years of age. So, wow. there's Yeah, there's more adults taking hunter education today than there are, quote, unquote, kids. So what our um, goal here is, and R3 is a major part of that, is so these 30-year-olds that are taking hunter education and get involved in hunting, uh, we're trying to get them to now their children to create a new generation of yesteryear where, hey, let's go with mom and dad and, and get hunter education certified. So Good. there's been a definite change in, in the, uh, the way that hunter yep. education has been done in the past. Well, Joe, it's, uh, it seems to be working. The classes are full. And a little flashback here, people, to becoming an outdoors woman. Shout out. She always, she always, her disdain for me always had no bounds. Shout out to, Joe, do you remember a Mimi, a.k.a. Mim Dunn? Mimi Dunn. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, I worked up, I worked with her a few times up at Pequest, absolutely. Man, she was a hell of a, hell of a turkey hunter. Mary, mother, a guy, no gobbler was safe. She's still, she's still doing it. Wow. Joe, do me a favor. Uh, give a website. Let's go. NJ, was it njfishandwildlife.com and click on the, the uh, events, Hunter Red link. What's the dealio? Yeah. So if you go to NJ Fish and Wildlife and you scroll down, there's uh, a, a couple ways you can do that. If, if you went on the, the main homepage and just scroll down, you'll see a Hunter Education button that you can click on. And so that will get you through, you know, to, to read about it. And then the links will be incorporated into that in order for you to either sign up for the course or see what um, what you need to sign up for the course. So, Okay, Lesky, in about five, about, about <laughs> five to six weeks, I'm going to be seeing you at Oak Pond behind yep. the Southern Region office there in Sickerville, bro. We're, right. we're, we, have, we have a one-on-one trout competition. Okay, all right. We'll <laughs> see who's, uh, who fills the stringer first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they run, run just as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the Salmana side man. That was my saying back then. Joe, you take care, man. Have a great season. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. See you, brother. Joe Lesky, Hunter Red. Get your class. Get your class now. Coming up, Captain Dom Troisi, full draw bow fishing. We're talking the incredible striper bite that is just getting underway in the Delaware River. Big, big, big bass. 
going to be going on for a while. And also those humongous flatheads and these badass snakeheads in the Delaware. This fishery is just, uh, it's taken over. Grab that cup, grab that Red Bull, be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose, heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, welcome back to Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. The show is airing Saturday, March 11th for the March 11th and 12th week. I get we're almost halfway through this third month of the calendar pace. Stripers have been open since March 5th. First, that was uh, Wednesdays ago, and I'll tell you, man, it is, uh, it is looking good. The fishing has been nothing short of phenomenal. I'm seeing some big fish caught by big, you know, in that 34, 35, 36-inch range, and uh, the tidal rivers, uh, it's just been, and the back bay has just been uh, good. you got to find them. Find them, find them, find them. Hit it right, and you're going to catch fish. Paddle tails, little plugs. As always, the blood worms were like my uh, guess who's patiently waiting <laughs> said to me just a few minutes ago. Tom P, everything freaking eats blood worms. You got the perch, you got the you got everything. So uh, we uh, we like to go with the artificials. Besides, I, I, I'm mortgaged out on stuff. I can't take another mortgage or pay for a couple dozen blood worms. But seriously, folks, you want you want specimen specimen bass right now. Actually, all the time they are in the river thick, the Delaware River. Going up towards Trenton, uh, past Burlington, all through there. You have, again, catch and release. You have some trophy, trophy stripers up there. I know guys fishing down by the Commodore Barry area and by Paulsboro. Shout out to Sean Quinn! They'll put down that freaking two weight or one weight flyer or whatever Madison bought him. What did what Batson buy him? A one weight? Man, these, these fly people are just. I, I, I gotta love the man, but they're just, they're just off the rack. Join us on the line right now. Very special guest is Captain Dom Troisi, full draw bow fishing. Don't let the bow fishing fool you. Dom is also an ace rod and reel guide on the Delaware. Now he has been doing the giant channels, these behemoth flatheads and these monster snakeheads. He is now, uh, I guess, uh, starting pretty soon in the striper game. Want to get some uh, lowdown on the Delaware River striper fishery. Is it, because there's so many bass up there, is it impacting, or could it be impacting this American shad run? Which I'm hearing, I got to call fisheries again. Dom didn't hear it. I heard it. Someone else said they heard it. That the shad limit now, really, who eats them? I've eaten them a couple of times. Eh. And what was that movie, uh, uh, Revenant? If you, it was one of those deals you, you would eat them. It's not, not exactly one of my face. But it's been reduced from three to two. No big deal. Not that many people keep them. But uh, we shall see about that. But again, these stripers are big. They're hungry. And I'll tell you, they're they're only rivaled when it comes to size by these flatheads. We have Captain Dom Troy on the line right now. Full draw bow fishing. We are talking Delaware River striped bass. Captain, how are you? Morning, Tom P. Hey, congrats on getting in the in the striper end of the game. I, I, Denise uh, and I were wondering about that. Dean Marie says, Tom does it with these giant catfish, the giant snake. Doesn't he catch any stripers? At, oh, yeah, he, he catches stripers, babe. Dom, you're in the game now. What was the catalyst, brother? Well, uh, it's just an untouched fishery anymore. You know, years ago when we were allowed to catch herring, everybody was up there catching, you know, catch your herring, go catch your bass. And right. when they closed the herring fishery down, the river totally emptied out. And it's not like the bass didn't keep coming up. It's just, I got lazy and didn't want to put their work in to catch them. And now it's, uh, there's really in the tidal section, there's only two of us that do it. And, wow. Um, Carl from Bass Chaser Charters, he's he's definitely the number one guy for it. You know, he he's mm-hmm. been doing it for twenty years. And I spoke to him about it, and uh, he he told me, you know, he'll give me a bunch of trips because he he's so full, he's so busy. So I decided just to do it because most of my fishing is done at night, right? And might as well do something during the day. 
Well, Dom, it is uh, truly, people, is this a trophy fishery? And Dom, now, uh, you're seeing fish from where to where? I mean, the Calhoun Street Bridge seems to be the demarcation line, whether you keep one or not, you know, when the season progresses, what have you. But um, And the fish you're seeing, Dom, and from what I've I've seen, some 40-pound, 40-pound-plus bass up there. Yeah, there's there's plenty of them. There's a lot of, you know, the big breeders come up. They're coming up now, for sure. Uh, but, you know, 50-pound fish, pretty, they're there. I mean, they're, it's common to you know get your bites getting them to the boat's a different story because right you're fishing out white water it's you know a lot of rocks a lot of bridges a lot of everything and, that, and that's something you don't get in the tidal river i mean like the tidal river is like yeah the morris or the egg harbor listen we're gonna have uh i think brendan harrison on from marine fisheries in a couple of weeks the fish and wildlife bureau of marine fisheries they're down there in the delaware now they just started a, a tagging netting and tagging program we'll get the uh the scoop on that uh how they're doing with that with the numbers of bass but dom now the bite is on in the Delaware, correct? What's the approach? What's the attack? What is the ordinance, Dominic? So I bait fish them. Uh, I don't have a jet boat. I have a prop boat, so I got to stay out of the rapids in the white water. Uh, but I bait fish. So we'll go up, catch shad, catch our limit of shad. I guess now it's two. I'm th- uh, Donald, don't quote me on that, but semi-quote me on that. I'm telling you. Yeah. I, I'm going to be calling well, fisheries listen, later. Two, two shad. Two, two shad is, you know, a dozen baits, probably more than that, really. Uh-huh. So if there's three of us on the boat, you know, we have plenty of baits. It's easy to do. And, uh, you know, these bass spawn on these gravel beds. So we anchor up on the gravel beds and, and you chunk them. Dom, uh, what, or what's... we go out and catch white perch and live line perch. Oh, 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 that's my game, man. I like that. I like the Florida with those. I'll tell you, the guy looked at me, he says, why are you looking at my bait like that? I said, bud, this is a 10, 11 inch shiner. I've eaten these. These are these are these are edible, man. <laughs> I'll kick your Yankee ass out of this boat. Well, Dom, on the yeah. uh, on the attack with the strawberries, where are you looking for now? Like you said, uh, are they on the flats now, spawning? Are they in the deeper holes? And will they congregate? Will you get two, three, four, or five bass together, or are they roamers? Yeah. What's the deal? No, you'll get them pretty schooled up. You know, uh, you know, if you get up, certain areas hold more fish. Like I fish the gravel bed, so. You know, schools four, five, six come through, but you get up a little further, and uh, you can watch them chasing the bait up river and just just crashing bait, just like they do in the bay with the bunker, and you know, be twenty, thirty of them just running up the river, crashing on bait. Well, Dom, it's uh, so, not tough fishery anymore. It's it's not what it used to be twenty years or fifteen years ago. I mean, nobody's doing it. Nobody. So this is uh, listen. This is a wide open, big game. For lack of a better term, big game fishing. We're speaking with Captain Dom Troisi, full draw bow fishing. Well, Dom, besides, well, I remember I had my mom, God rest her soul, uh, down there at the wharf for herring. What's that? There's that bar at Xanadu, whatever it's called now. And Dom, with the Sabiki rigs, they were lined up across the river. It was, it was like shad fishing. And, we're, and the guys would oh. get them. They put them in the round tanks, aerated tanks on the back of their trucks, and wham, down 195 to the shore. <laughs> yeah, that was a big thing. I mean, there was guys that would run boats up there and without anchors, and just the boats. There were so many boats that would tie off to the boat next to them. Yeah, that's that's how it used to be. But now, you know, can't keep them. Right, you have to catch them, target them. Well, Dom, have so you noticed? Guys, uh, have you noticed herring maybe uh, making a comeback? It's been what ten, eight years, ten years since since you could legally keep them. Yeah, they're so. Like, I got to stop really shad fishing. Towards the end of April, because the the herring are so thick that you know, okay, you can't get away from them. They're eating everything put in. You know, put shad spoons down, or you'll catch as many as you want to catch. The whole machine, the whole fish finder is just loaded with them. Wow. Well, Dom, uh, sands the uh, sands the herring. I imagine fall fish and suckers. What else are the stripers and you know worms? The lower Delaware worms on the flats. What else are the are the uh, bass eating up in your neck of the Delaware? So. um Pretty much everything. Uh, eels, obviously. Uh, yeah. uh, white perch is a big thing. You know, you, if you, you and white perch are so thick up there that time of year, you can get your limit of white perch in 10, 15 minutes and then go live line. Wow. And uh, you could do pretty well. Dom, size range of the fish you're catching that you have been catching that you're targeting. Not that you're targeting, put a bait down, man. It's over. Have at it. But what do you, you don't can you expect fish? Can you expect fish in a 30 to 40, 45 pound class? 
Yeah, absolutely. You never know what? your next fight. It could be a uh, 25-inch fish or could be that 50, 55-pound fish. You don't know. I mean, it's just a, it's a weird area. They're, 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 they're thick. And you get lucky, you get your 50-pound bite. Dom, uh, Dominic, uh, tidal flow, does it make a difference with the bite on or off? Yeah, we have a nine-foot tide swing. So, Whoa! You know, that affects everything. If you don't know the tides, don't know how to fish the tides, it's definitely going to affect, you know, your bite. Okay, down prime prime water temperature range. You know, it's no different than the flatheads. You know, once that 50s, you know, 50 50 degrees, 48, 50, that's kind of when they start really getting Mm -hmm. hungry. You know, they start, they're always hungry. It's just when they get to us. You know, <laughs> and you got to read the reports to the south, and you know, we're speaking it's, with it's Cap- a different, it's a different fishery. We're speaking with Captain Dom Troisi, full draw bow fishing. Topping topic is the uh, trophy striped bass bite in the Delaware River, and it is Dom's uh, sign on. There's only one other guy doing this. This isn't a shameless plug, people. This is this is you want to catch trophy stripers now. I mean now and Dom, wait, wait uh, don't get me wrong you're starting when this week coming week the next couple of weeks what's the dealio i'm gonna start next week the boat just got done so you know we got snow and stuff coming so mm, probably next week sometime dom uh, wouldn't I'll that be that'd be cool fishing. catching stripers when there's snow on the bank Dom, uh, talk- yeah, no, it <laughs> let's let's go. Let's before we get to the next topic, um, we're up against a hard break here. Let's get to your boat. How's it doing? A total revamp, new power. What's the deal? No, I stripped it all down, repainted it, uh, put Gator Glide on the bottom, and just re- redid all the, the paintwork. And you know, it, the the boat fishes a lot, so it needs a lot of work every year. And, this year really took a lot of work. And it's all back together and ready to go. Yeah, Dom, your schedule, you were, I think, listen, I'm not BSing it. I swear sometimes he was doing 20 hours a week. Were, were you sleeping did, in a uh, truck, Tracy? Uh, what, what were you doing? Yeah, yeah you know, in that shad season, you know, it's four trips a day, two shad trips, two bow fishing trips. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's two shad trips, a catfish trip, and a bow fishing trip. But you just, you, know, you only got so much time to right. get the trips in. So hey, you got to go. Captain Don, before we get to a break, uh, speaking on the shed and the stripers, do you see uh, like a dance macabre in there? Are these bass starting to, uh, again, I call them the shadlings people on the way down, and the size of some of these bass, the shed on the way up, they're prime targets as well. Dom, in your opinion, all your time on the water over the seasons, do you possibly see a striper negative impact on the shad population? I, I don't think it's the striped bass. That that's the impact because the you know these shad go uh, all the way up Port Jarvis, New York. You know, Matt Morris. Yeah, if we catch them up there, yeah. So the, the the bass aren't going all the big numbers of bass pretty much stop where we are, and you know, obviously they go up a little above us, but okay. Then you know the shad keep going, but there's other fish in the river that eat the shad, and it's really not the shad going up. It's how many make it back mm-hmm. without getting eaten. Shadlings. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the fingerlings. How many, you know, we, we got decimated with the smallmouth. There's not too many. I mean, there's still a good smallmouth fishery, but not like it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. So a lot. I think a lot of the little ones are making it back. They were making it back, but now we have other predators that are taking the place of them smallmouths. Yep. And they're, they're not good. Dom, but we'll get into that uh, in the next segment. People, grab that cup, grab that rub. We'll be right back. Captain Dom Troisi, full draw bow fishing. Stripers in the Delaware. Next topic, the Flatheads gargantuan. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. I'm Sue Gusman. The House voting unanimously to declassify intelligence and the origins of COVID. Republican Congressman Mike Garcia is on the House Intelligence Committee and tells Fox's the story with Martha McCallum. This is in the interest of our nation's security. China is at the center of this, whether it was intentional, unintentional, in a lab or not. We've got to find out where it came from, how much they knew, how to prevent this in the future, and more importantly, how to hold them accountable. Yeah. 
FDIC seizing assets of Silicon Valley Bank, marking the largest bank failure since 2008. Cecilia Roos, chairwoman of the Council of Economic Advisors. Our banking system is in is in a fundamentally different place than it was, you know, a decade ago, and that the reforms that were put in a place back then uh, really provide the kind of resilience that we'd like to see. So we have every faith in our regulators. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Considerable cloudiness overnight. We'll see a shower in spots. There can be pawning on streets and highways, the low 37. Saturday, a rain or snow shower in the morning with little to no accumulation. Otherwise, windy with considerable clouds, high 44. Saturday night, mostly clear, low 27. Sunday, sunshine followed by increasing clouds. We'll reach a high Sunday of 47. I'm AccuWeather's Drew Shannon on WPG Talk Radio 95. 5.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I think I just did a blog on, on, ooh, yeah. Man, you got some people supremely, supremely, Captain's North here, supremely pissed off with the Porgy regs. Now, we had, uh, we had, Pete Clark from Marine Fisheries on last week explaining the sea bass and porgy regs and the why of it. So we shall see. You get the good with the bad. But Jones Island right now is Captain Dom Troyce. We're talking Delaware Bay striper fishery. Truly a trophy striper fishery. You want big fish consistently now through the next month. I says, right, man, big fish. And now we're getting to the culprit. The Delaware River Eating Machine. Now, listen, you want to find out more about invasives. Uh, there's a great article by Chris Smith on page 36 in the Freshwater Digest. There's in a bunch of stuff. But when it comes to eating anything and everything, like yours truly at a buffet at the Jolly Tamale, man, there is no doubt the flathead is the beast of the river. Captain Dom, you're telling me off air some of the stuff you've seen and what you've been catching. That's effing scary, Troisey. That's just plain scary. Yeah, well, the flatheads are... They're here to stay, and there's not much we can do about it, you know? Dom, when did you first notice them in numbers and sizes? A couple of years ago? Three years? Four years? What? Yeah, like four or five years ago, maybe. You know, we saw the first one I saw... Uh, it was about eight, nine years ago, and that was 50 pounds, 48 pounds, and that's the first one I've ever seen in New Jersey, and uh, yeah, it was like, man, somebody let it go, whatever, you know, and then it just started every year, it just started getting more and more and more. Is now, Dom, I, is, this in a, is this in the Trenton, Bordentown area? I go from Trenton to Philly, but yeah. Okay, so you have a lot of deep, you have a lot of deep holding water there. Don, my fear is that we love to uh, light tackle ultralight fish. We'll break out the fly rods on occasion. We love our rock bass and smallies and stuff. And I'll tell you, Dom, the fall fish, a.k.a. chubs, they're a lot of fun. But it oh, seems like, Dom, yeah. the areas that we're going the past couple of years where there were, now we're not going, we're not all the way up there by the gap, you know, further down, you know, Frenchtown area, Rosemont. Ah, the flatheads are up there, but something's happened. We're we're not seeing anywhere near as many of those species. What do you think? Uh, well, Frenchtown, Bulls Island, all that—they're they're all the way up to Easton. You know, they're they're loaded with flatheads, and uh, it's a different fishery up there from where I am. Um, they they get big, they get fifties for sure, but there's less bait up there for them to eat. Mm -hmm. like, so I'm in the tidal section, so there's a lot more bait, you know, perch, it's like suckers, everything. Right. Everything's in the tidal section. Um, so the fish down my way definitely get bigger, and there's more of them because of the amount of bait we have. But they're, they're all the way up. I mean, I, I know guys right. way up the line there that are catching them consistently. It's not good. I saw one caught, uh, I'll tell you exactly where, off Metler Road there, just before the Dingman's Bridge. You make that hard right, go down, mm -hmm. make that left, you're down. It's a little, it's a, called a day use area. There were some picnic tables yeah. or whatever down there. There was a big, I call it a blowdown, people, a big laydown. This tree had to be 100 feet, 120 feet out into the river, deep hole underneath. And this guy was using, basically, I think he had an Ambassador 7000, <laughs> 80 pound yeah. braid. 
and he was using uh, he was using uh, chubs that he was catching uh, in the riffles above. And he yeah. says, "Dude, he says, I, yeah, I've got fi- he says, I got fish here. Um, I, we saw him catch one. Wasn't that big? Eighteen? It was still to me. That's a nice fish. Eighteen, twenty pounds. But and that is way above the gap. So, like you said, they they are there, here, there, and everywhere, so yeah. to speak. You know, the further up the river you go, especially like Roscoe and stuff like that." You know, that, that trophy trout fishery they have up there, it's going to get hit hard here soon with these things. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Them and snakeheads, you know, they're they're everywhere now. You can't even get rid of them. They're yeah. everywhere. Well, then we'll get to the snakeheads and listeners. Again, they'll rip your face off. You let them go, they come back out after you. Yeah, you, you have to like that attitude, sort of like a hybrid striper and spruce run. Yeah, it's bad. But, they're Dom, bad. With, with the flatheads now, you've caught them as late as November. And how early in the spring do you start to pick them off? Uh, we start to really start catching them when that water gets about 50, 52. Uh, they start coming out of that, that deeper water and they start, you know, getting all their program and getting into the shallows at night, into the thick cover. Um, then they spread out, you know, they, they go everywhere. The whole, and then they'll take know, up their, po- the they'll, they'll take up their position in the big rock piles and, and blowdowns and all that nasty yeah, underwater trees. stuff. Yep. You know, I see them at night sometimes. Their backs are out of the water. They're laying up under, you know, tree branch or logs. And they're, they're Good Lord. six, eight inches of water. These big fish, 40 pounders, you know. Now, Dom, how do you approach a fish like that? I know bowfish is one thing. Rod and reel-wise, do you just lob a live bait in there like a big bluegill or something? What's the deal? Uh, if I'm fishing in the spring and the summer when I know they're not in them deep wintering holes, uh... Like I said, I have a nine-foot tide swing, so I got to find the structure that's underwater most of a tide, and then you mark it. And I like to put slip bobbers out, put a live bait on a slip bobber, and mm-hmm. try to send it, you know, anchor way up above, and put the bobber way back there, and put four or five baits cast, you know, put a four or five baits around the tree, and then just use one bobber going back and forth, and that's usually how we get them out of there. Wow. Dumb. The, the, the one thing is hooking them. The second thing is getting them out. Of that. That's the uh, the one we described once as a guy with a knuckle buster. But Dominic, now yeah. during the spring, uh, not early summer, even I'm talking like late March through April, maybe into early May. Mm-hmm. Is it a 24 hour kind of bite? The fish are aggressive. They're coming out of deeper holes. They're on the prowl. They're going to be spawning. They're hungry. Yeah, what they're, have you? They're eating. And in the summer, yeah, pretty in the summer, does it turn into a more nocturnal bite? Uh, you know, the summertime they go, they get into the, during the day, they get into some stuff that I can't get into. It's just real thick, nasty. Wow. You're going to break off every fish. Um, but at night, you know, they come up and feed on the flats, just like any other predator. Um, but they stick around structure. They try to stick around as much structure as they can. Once in a while, you'll catch them going from one piece to another swimming across, but they're, yeah. and they, they're different colors. You know, they're they're not all the same color. You'll have some that look like a digital camo. They'll lay sideways on rocks, and you'll never even see them. Wow. You know, it's, it's, they're crazy fish. They're really crazy. We're speaking with Captain Dom Troisi, full draw bow fishing. Topic is now, uh, off stripers are talking about the flatheads. We're going to get to the snakeheads in a minute. Dom, describe the tackle you are using for the – listen, you're talking fish from single digits – to the teens up to 50 pounds plus what tackle are you using them and are they are they um for lack of a better line shy or are they just they see something and they no they're definitely they not leader shy <laughs> i use a 50 pound main line i use mono because we fish a lot of rocks mm-hmm. um yeah braid yeah braid braid will just break right off i've, yep. I've lost a lot on on some structure so a lot of steel and stuff down there and bridges and pilings and all that crap but and i use 80 pound leaders uh for the abrasion they're not leader size of any kind so you can get away with whatever and then i use a, a tano circle hook or uh, an eight o octopus hook and mm-hmm. and a float system and now, Dom, um, the the the, no joke. the take of a, a big flathead is it just all of a sudden your float just slips in or gone or is there a resounding yeah, thump? Yeah, it's kind of real slow. Uh, even when you're fishing with lead on the bottom, it'll be a real soft bounce on the rod tip, and all of a sudden the line will start going 
one direction or yeah, left or right or whatever which way, and they just watch the rod just bend over. They they don't care. They'll, they'll eat. Dom, go they're, into they're uh, hungry. They're, they're going. Go into your rod and reel uh, arm amendments, please. I use um, it's called catch the fever rods. They're mm-hmm. they're eight foot heavy action pen squalls reels, and you know I'm, I'm keeping my drag at like fourteen pounds, thirteen pounds heavy drag because uh-huh. the minute they feel their hook, they're going into the deep structure, and if you don't get them out. You're not getting them out. Dom, is there a high water bite? Not raging as a Delaware can get, especially the area you're in. But is there a high water bite? And, and how many ounces the whole bottom? Uh, you want to fish the slack water. So, you know, obviously, like Trenton area, uh, it, it flows. It flows very hard. Oh, yeah. And then if you could find an area where you get a back eddy, that's where those fish are going to be. You know, it's no different than any other species, predator species, bass, snakeheads, muskies, they're they're going to wait for that bait to come right back around, and that's what they do. And the, the difference is they're eating everything. Whatever's going to swim through, they're going to eat it. Small mouths, large mouth, walleyes, they eat them all. And the walleyes, too. Mary, mother of God. <laughs> said the walleyes are loving the walleyes. People. They're getting walleyes out by filling. Now the water's really cleaned up. Well, Dom, let's get to the, uh, let's get to the snakeheads that, you know, it's still the kill on capture. I know guys that are... Let them go. And I talked to some guys who were like, hey, man, they want to put them in their pond, whatever. I didn't get into it. But, Dom, the snakeheads, as profuse as the uh, flatheads, not as big naturally, but are they out there in those kind of numbers? Yeah. So when I first started the business, the bow fishing business, uh, if we saw three a week, that was a lot. Like We were like, oh, man, these things are really here. You know, it's, you always hear about it, but until you see them, you know, whatever. Um, there was some nights last year uh, we saw a little over 100. And I'm only doing a very, very small section of the river. Holy Jesus. Um, and I'm doing the same sections every night. So uh, we killed 350 last year with the bow um, and probably saw 3,000, 3,500. I have to look in the books. It's they're everywhere now. You're, they're, I mean, they're flat out everywhere. Are they in the trips as well? What's that? Are they in the tributaries as well? Yeah, uh, I actually caught one trying to catch bait uh, on a golf course last year, and because <laughs> the Rancosa Creek flooded out, and it got into the golf course. Yeah, and it was like fourteen pounds, so they're big, and they yeah. eat. Yeah, you know they're going to eat. Dom, tackle. And they're going to eat a lot of those shad finger when coming down river. Exactly right. There you go. Uh, Dom, tackle for the snakeheads. Uh, a little more sporting, so to speak, than the flatheads. Yeah, uh, you know, seven foot medium rod. You know, forty pound braid, a little bit of leader. Is a spinning and, deal you know, or still whatever. conventional? I'm uh, what's that? Spinning or conventional still? Uh, whatever your choice. I like spinning reels. A little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they don't always eat, but when they do, you know, when they're, when they're ready to eat, they're, they're very ferocious. They're, they're coming and they're, they'll go airborne for your frogs or whatever you're throwing. Okay. There's different Get Dominic for the snakeheads, uh, prime period, prime temperature. Are we talking late March through July, uh, the summer? What's yeah, I start seeing them. They live in the mud. So at, in the winter, so I start seeing them on the big mud flats like this time of year. They're starting to come out, and they're very thin, and they're ready to eat. So they're going to find big coves where the bait's going to congregate, the perch, and the you know the bluegills and eels. Eels is a big thing for them, little ones, and uh, they're just going to sit there and eat and eat and eat until they're, and then they head out to the main rivers. That's it. Well, Captain Dom Troisi, thanks for joining us today on Rack and Fin Radio. Listeners, you have trophy stripers. You have, if you want lack of a better term, trophy gargantuan half-track size flatheads. And you have double-digit snakeheads in that stretch of the Delaware. Captain Dom, give that phone number, please, or and Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Yeah, what do you walk? I don't know all that stuff. <laughs> I'll definitely, I'll, I don't know TikTok, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, my Facebook is Full Draw Bowfishing. My website is fulldrawbowfishing.com and my cell phone number is always on 
609-820-5595. And listen, don't forget the shad fishery. Again, they're a lot of fun to catch. Now, Dom, I understand if it's anything like the past few years, are you pretty much booked for the shad already? Like, done? Yeah, I mean, I I do two trips a day, so I always have room if guys want to go. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh, there's not many guys left doing it, you know, so... This is it, yep. The phone, yeah. the, the phone gets busy with it, and and uh, it's a good fishery, you know, when you can get the weather. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a fun time. And, um, Shad should be up your way, what, in about maybe two they're, weeks? They're here now. But just They're here now? Oh, yeah. It's just the water's too cold. But, yeah, they again, they're, but, like, uh, so they are, they're moving by. So if they're by you now, they have to be farther up then, no? I'm sure they are, yeah. yeah. I know they're in, the, they're in the river by February. Wow. Okay, listen, it's American uh, Shad. It, it's full draw bow fishing. You got the stripers. You got the shad. You got the gargantuan flatheads and the snakeheads. Dom, we got to check the calendar here, big brother. We'll see what's going yeah. on. You take care. All right. Have a good night, guys. Thanks again, man. See you. That fishery is unreal. I've seen some bass in there, you know, and I know a lot of guys that up and down the ocean, up and down the ocean, down the ocean, up the ocean, back and forth, never catch bass that size in the Delaware. It's a different, again, it's a different fishery. But those in the flatheads, whoa, springtime. Try something different. Grab that cup. Grab that Red Bull. Be right back. Wrap it up. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. This is House Call for Health. New Environmental Protection Agency standards for semi-trucks to help lower air pollution have some trucking companies fearing additional costs that could push them out of the industry. William John is with John and John Trucking in Louisiana. With new regulations, the price of these trucks here will go up probably ten dollars to $15,000 a piece. And someone has to pay for it. The options we have, we comply or we go out of business. The EPA says the new plan will help cut smog and soot-forming emissions from heavy-duty trucks beginning with model year 2027, and the standards are more than 80% stronger than current standards. The EPA predicts that by 2045, this would result in public health benefits like nearly 3,000 fewer deaths, 6,700 fewer hospital admissions, and more than 3 million fewer cases of asthma symptoms. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health. I'm Lisa Brady. Fox News. At the Community Food Bank of New Jersey, we are working now more than ever to fill the emptiness caused by hunger. We are the state's largest anti-hunger organization, and together with our 800-plus community partners, we are committed to delivering food, help, and hope to our hundreds of thousands of New Jersey neighbors in need. We couldn't do it without your support. Please go to cfbnj.org to donate today. That's cfbnj.org. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. That'll do it for this week on Rack and Fin Radio. Get out and enjoy. Again, full disclosure, in the studio early as you're hearing us. I'm going to be up there in a mountain, so I'm probably buried under some snow. And the old man's family camping trip. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders. God bless law enforcement. Okay, weather's a little little gnarly right now. Don't worry. One day closer to springtime. Remember, you're not promised tomorrow, as my lovely Dee Marie says. Make the best of every day. See you next week. Rack and Fin Radio. Let's go.